This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General, together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Rachel Broussard and Keisha Buteau of the Girl Scouts of Louisiana, Pines to the Gulf, join us today. Rachel serves as CEO of Pines to the Gulf and has over 20 years of experience with the organization. Keisha serves as Chief Operating Officer and began her service with the Scouts in January 2006. Girl Scouts of Louisiana, Pines to the Gulf, serves 42 parishes west of the Mississippi River. That's a huge territory. (laughs) Participants can be as young as kindergarten and go through 12th grade. We've invited Rachel and Keisha to share the Girl Scout story today. And as many diehard fans know, it's almost time for the annual cookie sale. So I want to hear about all this. Rachel and (laughs) Keisha, welcome to Discover Lafayette. Thank you, Jan. Thank you so much for having us. We are so appreciative to be able to have this time to share our story and share what Girl Scouts are doing. Well, I mean, yes, I just, I just have such warm memories. You know, friends of mine. I've uh, shared with Keisha earlier, Rachel, that I was a Girl Scout for a short while, but I think having that opportunity as a really young girl to get in and Mm -hmm. learn life skills Mm -hmm. and learn responsibility is just—it's a life-changing experience. So. I, I'm just honored to have you both here. And for your long-term service, I must say, it looks like you've both dedicated your careers to the Girl Scouts. So I guess, Rachel, we'll start with you. Um, you've been there Great. over 20 years, and you've yes. served as CEO. Why don't you talk about what led you to follow this career path? Wow. Every, I'm asked that question a lot, Jan. And um, that's an interesting story. It's the best way to put it to you. I am actually from, uh, I've been in Lafayette, like a resident of Lafayette for probably the last 20 or so years, right? But I am actually from Vermilion Parish, uh, from the little small town. uh, We can't even call it a city. The little small town of Kaplan, Louisiana. Oh, yes. Born and raised. Well, that's a good town, Uh, though. It's a great town. It is. It it was a a beautiful place to grow up Mm -hmm. in that I have some experiences, uh, that I think kids today don't necessarily have. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I love about Girl Scouts is growing up in Kaplan, it was always all about the family. Um, and Girl Scouts, for a lot of girls, mm-hmm. is it's, it's a wider um, sort of, it's a reach out as a family that a lot of our kids don't have today. Mm-hmm. You know, it really takes a village. And I grew up in a village. Uh, but that village was, it was, it was the country. Like, yeah. I really consider myself a, a country girl, small rural town, lots of opportunity. Um, great, great opportunity. But I will be honest, it's probably a thing that put me in the spot where I am today. Mm-hmm. Is that growing up as that young kid, I had a lot going for me. I was involved in so much. Uh, but when I graduated, I didn't have a clue of who I wanted to be. 
Uh, and if there are people who knew me back then, they're probably listening to this thinking there's no way, mm -hmm. but it's true. I didn't have a clue. And so did you, you graduated from Kaplan High? So I graduated from Kaplan mm -hmm. High and I took a brave step. I did what I always challenge every Girl Scout to do is go out and, and, and take a risk, mm -hmm. take a healthy risk because that is how we learn. And for me, it was, I'm going to go to the military. Oh my goodness. I'm going to go figure out. <laughs> I need some time. I need some space. I need to grow up. I need to see something bigger than Kaplan, Louisiana. And that led me to joining the Army. My goodness. Yes. Wow. What an wow. adventure. Yeah. Uh, and as much as a challenge and it, an adventure as that was, I still say it wasn't the thing that helped me to find my leadership voice, to find out who I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I stayed in the military for about three years in Germany, the majority of that time. Mm -hmm. Still didn't know what I wanted to be, Jan. And so I'm like, but I knew I got closer. I knew I wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. I knew that I loved people, that I had a love for service. I had learned that through the military and yeah. even through high school in some ways. And that led me to UL, mm -hmm. went straight, like, uh, was honorably discharged, went straight to UL, Did they started help you in summer. With, with your tuition? Did they they paid all of it. Uh -huh. uh, what a when gift. I hear people talk about school loans today, I am so forever thankful yeah. um, to, that, to that benefit that mm -hmm. I was able to earn. That led me to UL, mm -hmm. uh, got in the so College of Sociology, I'm going to be a social worker, I'm going to work with kids. That's exactly what I did. I graduated and I went on to work for a place that is no longer here, actually. And that's Acadiana Youth oh, yeah. uh, with yeah. the girls and the children who were often brought in, you know, unfortunately abused, uh, living in foster families. I wondered about that. I, I saw that name the other day and it's, it's yeah, no longer in existence. It's, I don't believe it's uh -huh. here anymore. Um, and it's so sad because at the time, you're talking over 20 years ago. Yeah. It was one of the few places that kids could go. Right. And that was an experience of itself. It mm -hmm. was very rewarding. But at the same time, I realized I want to continue to serve, but I got to figure out how to be in a more positive space. I had not had kids yet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I've just got to do something different. And believe it or not, it led me to Girl Scouts. That's wonderful. And I'm still here today. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So why don't you talk about your background, Keisha? Mine actually is slightly different from Rachel's, ironically, so it, it kind of, I guess, works mm -hmm. out perfectly. So um, when I was in uh, high school, I had the opportunity to participate in Girls State. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, it, the program definitely. at LSU, and that was a life-changing program mm -hmm. for me. And you had I, to have a voice there. Huh? Yes, I did. Yeah. And I certainly uh, had to quickly figure out what that voice was in that mm -hmm. environment. But it was extra special. And I went in thinking I wanted to be a nurse before I started that program and then mm -hmm. came out realizing, nope, I want to do law. I want to be oh. I want to do go into law. I want to mm -hmm. walk that path because I had the chance in that program mm -hmm. to be a uh, a parish lawyer. So that was pretty cool. That's really walking cool. through that program. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at Northside? No, High? I went to Acadiana High School. Acadiana High, okay. Yes. And so uh, I graduated with the intent in high school to go in, went to college, yeah. and I started off with political science pre-law because mm -hmm. government was always an area of interest for me too. Mm -hmm. And so while I was in the program, I got the opportunity to work for the district attorney's office. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it all kind of aligned itself out. And I knew I wanted to do juvenile law. That's kind of where I was thinking I wanted to head. Mm -hmm. And so had the awesome opportunity to work for the juvenile track and worked with the AD, uh, ADA there. And I started going into the courtroom and I started helping with the cases. And it would break my heart to see the kids in shackles. I took some time and I volunteered with the teen court program. And as much as I love law and still to this day have mm -hmm. an appreciation for law, I knew it wasn't going to be that track. And so... It's like you're helping people after. Yes. Like you wanted to help them before yes. they ended up right. in places like that. And that's kind of yeah. what I thought. When uh -huh. I saw those little kids come in, in the little kid chain gang is the best way you could say it. You know, yeah. walking in. I said, I got it. I can't do something else. Like just the the, the, the vibe in the room and, mm -hmm. and kind of where I saw my work being that... I didn't think that was going to be part of my legacy. Right. And so um, I changed my mind and, you know, 
my my parents were not very <laughs> excited about it at first. They had their lawyer, they thought, yep. on track. She's going to make money and she can pay right. for her own way. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, but you um, know, I'm, there's a lot of lawyers out there. Yes. And I had a chance to be, um, be around a lot of lawyers and get mm-hmm. a lot of advice. And really, they helped me to see not that the life isn't a great life because mm-hmm. you can still do well doing a lawyer and do well in your community, but they helped me to see the bigger, greater picture yeah. and helped me to think it was going to be okay if I didn't take that track. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I said, I'm going to serve youth in some capacity. Don't know what it is. Wasn't sure, to be honest with you. And interviewed with Girl Scouts and the rest has been history for me. Um, First started off in 2006. Did not think it was going to be a career. So young, yeah. Yeah, and it just turned into it. So that's Uh how I found my way into Girl Scouts. Was it by you golf at that point? If one of you want to speak Circle. to that, this is a huge organization at this point. Absolutely. I mean, 42 parishes. Would you speak to that? Rachel? Yes, it, it certainly was. Uh-huh. At the point where Keisha and I both came in, actually, mm-hmm. it was called Bayou Girl Scout Council. And our service area was limited to 13 parishes. And it was what we call Acadiana, basically. Yep. Right. And I would say around about 2009. Uh, our national Girl Scout movement decided that uh, we would it would be better that we, we we realigned from 345 Girl Scout councils across the country to 111. And what that allowed us to do was to take all of the at the time it, there were five Girl Scout councils in the state of Louisiana. And through that realignment, we actually moved to two Girl Scout councils. Mm-hmm. And what exists today is everything to the west of the Mississippi, uh, from the top of the boot to the bottom, mm-hmm. is Louisiana Pine City Golf. And then everything over there, over there on the east, uh, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, that is Girl Scouts Louisiana East. Okay. I love the Pines It's a sharp way to put that long yeah, story. But I was wondering, Pines to the Gulf. All the way, like literally Shreveport, Monroe, down trees, to Cameron, yes, down to the Pecan water. Island, all of those areas. Uh-huh. Gosh. So that made it easier to streamline messaging and I guess just administration of services. Mm-hmm. You don't have all these people. Exactly. And I think I'll be very honest and transparent with you. It made it uh, very easy for us as a national movement to be more consistent and and communicate and and act as one. Mm -hmm. Locally here, though, it's a tough thing to serve that 42 parish area. It's It's mostly rural. And um, we do the very best that we can. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that was definitely a challenge Mm -hmm. for us. Right. I guess Zoom has helped all these technological advances. (laughs) Yes. They're good and bad. But I mean, if you you don't have to drive to Shreveport, that's a good thing. So Exactly. It has helped. This whole modern technology thing has really... Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, that's probably one of the positive things about COVID. And I would bet everybody else would say that is that we've had to learn how to be smart about how we use our technology. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, over the past few decades, things have changed with youth programs. And I don't even want to talk about the Boy Scouts. I mean, I'm mentioning it because I know mm-hmm. it's just been mm-hmm. heartbreaking to watch what's happened and there's been so much drama about the boys and the girls, and but Girl Scouts is still Girl Scouts. Is that is that correct? Or what's the current, who, who qualifies to be a Girl Scout these days? Absolutely. We are still very much the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. We are two separate organizations. And girls in the grades, kindergarten through 12th grade, are eligible to become Girl Scouts um, in, within all of our 42 parishes, of course, and then just in the nation. So all their activities like camp and whatever tra- travel and all it's girls yes all girls yes so, and that's our strength that girls I like that I we mean, are you know, it's just easier f- to corral them you know absolutely <laughs> absolutely if our i can program, just be honest you know? yes it focuses on the girls uh-huh. you know that is it <laughs> like you said corralling them in and, and yeah. having that intentional focus on them yeah yeah and so there's a there's a place for that i think um it's one of the things that as girl scouts we really uh, we've been put in the position to own it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grew up, I grew up in Girl Scouts, and I'm sure Keisha did too. Uh, the Boy Scouts are great. There's yeah. a place for it. Right. There is a place for it. I have lo- I have a little nephew. I love him to death, and he needs that. Uh, but for us and girls, we've been doing this for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. And we really stand firm that we are, we've done the homework, we've done the research, and we have the experience. And we also want to 
put out there that that single sex environment, especially for girls, mm-hmm. where it's free of that it's no distractions, distraction and competition, yeah. even mm-hmm. um, is so beneficial to young girls who are yeah. fighting today to find their own way. Like you were talking about to find their voice. My girls yes. went out uh, to the academy in Grand Coteau, and oh, I just wow. love that. I mean, you know, they yes. ended up adding the the boys' school, but they're still they're separate. Mm-hmm. And the girls just felt more empowered to speak up, make fools mm-hmm. of themselves, just be silly without having to worry about... It's a great way to you put know, it. It's just mm-hmm. they could be themselves. Mm-hmm. And there's yes. always time for all that other stuff. There's other opportunities. So, yes, yeah, so the Girl Scouts were founded in 1912 by Juliet Garden Lowe. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right? In you Savannah, are. Georgia. So a Southern girl Southern started the Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. And I, I pulled up. I know it's goofy, but I just loved the, um, the promise. On my honor, I will try to serve God and my country, to help people at all times, and to live by the Girl Scout law, which we can get into, but you really mm-hmm. focus on personal responsibility and, and helping others. Most definitely. It, mm-hmm. It's at the core of who we are. Um, everything about that leadership experience is to build a girl to grow into those positive values um, and to seek those challenges, but then connect with her peers. Mm-hmm. That could be her family. It could be, I say, the playground. We want them to connect at school. But take all those skills and go out and community problem solve, like mm-hmm. to take action mm-hmm. and be, be able to be aware that there's a problem happening out there and that you, uh, you can do something about it. Mm-hmm. Like, that is at the core of who we are as Girl Scouts. Yeah, that's a beautiful message. I mean, Keisha, you're, you're here locally. You're from here. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see? Like, are, are, y'all, are y'all more hyper-involved with this local group, you know, in, in your own parish than mm-hmm. maybe? Do you see what's going on? Are you able to get in there with the troops and, and enjoy what they do? Yes, I do. And I actually have the opportunity to do that through my daughter's troop. Because how my, old is she? Uh, she is 11 years old, okay. and she's a Girl Scout cadet. And so I'm so fortunate that I'm able to um, see what I put my hands to and mm-hmm. my work to and dedicated my career to, to see them really put into action what Rachel just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so my daughter started off when she was in kindergarten, and now she's in sixth grade. Oh, she must love it. She loves it. Wow. She absolutely loves it. And it is a small little rule that I have in our house where I say, you know, no more than two to three major activities because we, mm-hmm. you know, value the time for family. And um, Girl Scouts is always the top of the list. It is never an item that has mm-hmm. been bumped off. And so for me, I have the opportunity to go and be in my my troop, my local um, troop that we actually go out and do community service. I get to help deliver a program of Girl Scouts. So I go out and I talk about it. I share about mm-hmm. it. Um, but really the opportunity to experience it and witness it real time is so incredible. In my heart, I would love to be able to go across our 42 parishes and of witness course. it and see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I oversee that those parishes on a day-to-day. But the reality is, is that you we miss that sometimes. You know, we lead the organization and we um, want to continue to build it. But to be able to interact with the girls is where you get that mm-hmm. encouragement, that like, okay, yeah. Right. You're heading down the right track. And when you see their growth and you see that light bulb go on, mm-hmm. that's just incredible. Do they encourage each other? Like, what, how, you know, what is it like today for an 11 year old? Are they, they all like, do they encourage each other to, to be the best? Yes, they do. They really do encourage. We actually started in our group um, a program uh, called Be a Friend First, and it talks about uh, self confidence, uh, healthy habits, just really learning how to have healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and we started this uh, Monday before last and it was super cool to sit with the girls we had six little girls that were in the cadet age that we met with and to see them understand and talk about the value of a healthy relationship at sixth grade and talk about Mm -hmm. it in a safe space Mm -hmm. is invaluable yeah when I think about my middle school years and I'm sure all of us our eyes probably get a little big when we think about it mine certainly did Um, I've shared with Rachel before I could be an after school special but just snipers yeah Yeah. really it was it was a a difficult time you're figuring Mm -hmm. out who you are and as Rachel mentioned just really being in a safe space where you can discover who you are and feel supported in that Mm -hmm. so if you want to be an artist great or if you want to be an attorney then we celebrate that too but just giving them that place where they can Mm -hmm. uh, interact with each other one another and not be in a situation where 
their ideas or who they want to be is shot down right? Um, or discouraged in any way. We constantly try to be that source of life for them and encourage mm-hmm. them. So it, it's it's just That's really good. great to see it and witness mm-hmm. it on that level for sure. What do the little bitty ones do, Rachel? Like what kind of activities do the tiny ones Oh, involve? God. Before I tell you about the little bitty ones, I've got to tell you about... Uh, I got to pick up where Keisha left off because it's so fresh for me Um, and touching. Mm -hmm. Uh, So she's so, Keisha is so right. We don't often get to see it in action anymore. Um, My daughter was a part of it and now she's 19 and she's like, you know, she's a UL, you know, a a raging Cajun. So I really don't get to see it, but I'll tell you, I saw the power yesterday. And uh, Keisha's daughter, one and only, um, Mm -hmm. uh, that Girl Scout cadet sat there in the Girl Scout conference room at my office and held her own. Her job was to interview me as the CEO of Girl Scouts for 42 parishes, to come in there, sit in a room, have a camera facing her, and be able to really professionally articulate a series of questions questions that I didn't give her, that mama didn't give her. Oh, she came up with them herself. She came up yes. with them herself. And we sat there, and I'll tell you, that child, I was just, I was like, this is, of course, we got to give credit where credit is due to mm-hmm. family is always first. Um, but I got to believe that a part of that that get up and go kind of tenacity, um, I know that this is Miss Rachel, the CEO, mm-hmm. but I have some questions to ask. And she showed up. And she showed yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And that just... For me yesterday, you asked Keisha about do the girls encourage themselves, she was able to give me a pep talk. I left away feeling so motivated mm-hmm. that, wow, this is what happens. The fact that she had an opportunity to be in that seat in sixth mm-hmm. grade is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of opportunities in school, but quite frankly, they didn't start that early for right. me. Right. And so I'm looking at her saying, okay, Girl Scouts is helping her to be ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it's all for. It I wish really I had gotten is. the questions from her. <laughs> you should have. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, well, Jane, I was she so would be afraid. happy to provide them for you. <laughs> but they were so well thought out. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to answer your question about the little ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes back to. Okay, so I'm going to bring up everybody's favorite, right? Cookies. Always. So cookies. For me, with the little ones, it always goes back to cookies, is that we watch little girls as early as five years old. Like, we're really, like, we have, we serve girls uh, five to 18, but a five-year-old is learning to manage her own cookie business. And we call it the cookie program for a reason. It's because it's not a sale to us. You see little girls out there in um, late February, March, right, at Walmart and Lowe's. But what most people don't know is that sale starts, that program starts next month. That's what I thought. In November. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that little five-year-old, she is setting goals. She's not just out there selling you a box of cookies. She has a purpose. She has a goal that's been determined by her and her group. Mm -hmm. She's making decisions about, hey, strategically, how can I market my product? You know, how do I learn to be graceful enough to have Miss Jan not buy a box of cookies from me? You know, how do I hold my own and say, okay, thank you so much, maybe next time. Mm -hmm. Like girls as early as kindergarten are learning about money management, business ethics, people skills. Um, And then as they get a little bit older, Not only are they doing it in person, but now they are learning about how to digitally market their product through their own website page. So Girl Scout, we talked about Juliet Lowe a little bit earlier. And that's so important to remember is that we will always hold that tradition for what she, our foundation Mm -hmm. for what she laid down for us. But the organization has changed so much. I used to say, when I would go out and speak, I'd say, you know, the shortest thing I knew about Girl Scouts and gir- and my daughter was when she left the the door to go on the bus to go to school in the morning, she would be one child. And when she came back home at the end of the day, she was going to be somebody else because that's how fast girls or children in general are changing. And so our job is constantly 
And it's it's it makes this job very challenging. I think Keisha would admit it is we have to keep evolving as the need of the girl evolves. And that can be that that's that's a lot involved in there. I want to dive deeper into that, and I don't want to cut sure, you off. No, I want that's to, great. We need to pause for a moment, but I, I love mm-hmm. that you brought that up because mm-hmm. what a what a a crucial program this is to to help our young people mm-hmm. keep their their bearings. So, but let's pause. We we always look back at an interview that we've done in the past, mm-hmm. and I, I pulled up one we had done with Missy Andrade. She was the former director of the local Boys and Girls Clubs of Acadiana. I know y'all know her, and she now serves the organization at the state level. And in this clip, Missy shares the importance of nurturing young people with wholesome programming and getting their schoolwork done first. This moment is brought to us by Kurgan Brothers Sonic. And Sonic Drive-In has over 60 years of straight-to-car service, and now they have the Sonic mobile app. You can find the closest closest Sonic to you. Look at the menu, order ahead, pay, and find out about new offers. And when you order ahead, of course, you can just pull up anytime, be the first in, in line every time without waiting. The Sonic app is free to download and available in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. And now for the moment. Everything that we do behind our doors is intended to be, number one, fun and safe. Safety is a foundational piece of what we do. But there are structured activities and programs going on that are intended um, to support three things, academic success, good character and citizenship, and healthy lifestyles. So kids who come to our clubs in the afternoons have to do their homework and we have uh, mentors and staff on site who are going to help them do that. Um, Many of the kids that uh, come to our club, they're coming from a single parent, non-traditional household. Um, They may or may not have someone who's doing homework with them in the afternoons. And many of the parents rely on us Mm -hmm. to ensure that that's happening. So we want to make sure that uh, we are doing all that we can um, to help them to be successful in that space. If they don't have homework, uh, we have high yield activities that we do with the kids that are intended to make their little brains work. Mm -hmm. So what are the different games that we can play that encourage critical thinking or problem solving? So even if they're not physically doing their homework, let's do something productive with them that will help to develop. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. You can hear Missy Andrade's full interview along with over 200 others at discoverlafayette.net. So, Rachel, let's get back to that thought. So, the Girl Scouts have been around since 1912, and I, I was really heartened to see how the, the cookie sale came around. Um, the girls, like young girls back in 1917, the, the Girl Scouts grew, it looks like within about five years, they were in Oklahoma. And so the Mistletoe Troop came up with the idea to fund projects by baking cookies at home. So this is something, I always just thought it was like a, fundraising effort to pay for programs but it's really a bigger picture activity to teach responsibility money Mm -hmm. management definitely the whole thing how to conduct yourself as a Mm -hmm. polite and responsible person so i love that i never really thought about it like that i think a lot of people um because we see you see how do I say you see the front facing part of it yeah you actually probably see what I like to call the end result like you see by the time Mm -hmm. she is out there actually selling her product Mm -hmm. she's been through the program um and so that but it takes it's a process for her to get there Mm -hmm. and that is what the cookie program is and I'm thinking about how I'm sure not all the parents are like that but you know how some some of the parents can be pushy selling mm-hmm. the products on their coworkers mm-hmm. and family, but that defeats the purpose of why. I know you want to make a lot of sales. I'm not saying that's not important. I get you. But it's really about letting the young woman, the mm-hmm. young girl, take responsibility. Because if somebody else is doing it for you, mm-hmm. what's what's the point? And that, I didn't realize all this. I just I love that because you can push. You know, it's it's it's, it's a um, you get them to walk past their comfort zone, maybe to mm-hmm. step exactly. Up. You want her to be able to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And there are we teach very creative ways for it to be mm-hmm. a, a family and a girl, yeah, like a but team you, effort. But, but still, we the young really girl. believe in uh-huh. the girl has to like it. It doesn't help us 
for her to just for her family to sell a box of cookies. Our grandma to buy five hundred boxes, it. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's you know, there's nothing wrong with money exactly. coming in. So I'm not trying to make light of it, but absolutely. I, you know, mm-hmm. our um, our product program director, she is incredible, and she actually helped me to look at this a little bit uh, differently. Her name is Francesca Posey, and she helps to oversee the program. And we were talking about that because we want every sale to be girl led. And she said, you know, it's about, and this is how she trains our volunteers and the parents. It's about teaching the girls when you're a business owner, some businesses have employees that work for them. And so we call them cookie CEOs. So you're a business owner. Now, your mom, your dad, Tiffany calls me her secretary. That's my daughter. She calls me (laughs) her secretary. So I'm the one that sends out messages and follows up with who, how many boxes of cookies we want. But every girl has employees. So if mom is helping to sell, the daughter should be providing direction on Uh what is she looking for, writing a note to the coworkers, following up with thank you letters, and figuring out, just remembering that everyone has, every business has its workers, and how do they do that? And so uh, I'm very busy during the cookie sale program, as you can imagine. And so Tiffany has now built out her employees so her dad is the one that's going to pick up the boxes and truck them in mm-hmm. and he's a transportation yes. director yes. godparents and grandparents mm-hmm. and everyone else are extensions of her selling mm-hmm. so it's she truly does we try to make it where she's really running her own business during that yeah. time yeah yeah i just i love that yep. she's it's, learned it's just, how to manage that work crew yes right. she has a staff <laughs> right so how important are the cookie sales to you for the organization's you know, income. Mm-hmm. Is this, this is an important part of your yearly budget, I would think. Yes, it is. Yeah, it really, we, we like to refer to it. This is the easiest way. It is the, it's sort of the fuel mm-hmm. that powers the program. Uh, it powers all of the opportunities for our girls. As we talked about that we serve 42 parishes, but our girls are also having outdoor experiences. We hadn't talked about camp yet. I know, I want to get to but that, the two camps. But we do yeah. still maintain two Girl Scout camps. We have a camp located in Brobridge mm-hmm. uh, called Camp Bonton. Mm-hmm. It's, it's lots of fun, as the name indicates. And then we have another one that is more rural, all the way out in Simsboro, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Um, very large camps. You're talking hundreds of acres of uh, just... Great nature, swimming mm-hmm. pools, uh, hiking trails, leaving out the lakes and the canoes, Camp archery. Wabansi. Wabansi. Yeah. And so those are so valuable to their experience for the girls who do take that opportunity. And um, also all of the other yearly programming that happens to include uh, that safe space in the troop. Uh, girls are actually funding their troop experiences Mm -hmm. Uh, they might start out the first year like paying for troop experiences troop dues and those types of things and even travel but I'm sure Keisha's daughter like mine by the time my daughter was in seventh grade she went on a trip to Savannah Georgia the home of um, the birth home is what we call it of Juliet Garden Low yeah Uh, it was seven days and I went now I work for Girl Scouts I still can't believe this is how the story went so we get there, we're getting ready to sign up, and I'm like, okay, so she's like, it's gonna be $500 for each girl. And so I go home, I tell my husband, and I'm like, okay, we gotta write a check. And then the next, I go to bring the check, and she's like, no, 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 you misunderstood me. Like, they had earned over the last two years enough to totally, through the cookie program, to totally fund a trip to Savannah. With their mom? Like, you, you had to pay. You no, had no, to pay no. for yourself, though. I actually. And Girl Scouts, guess what? A lot of parents, like the girls actually, like that trip, they went on their own. There were like about oh. three or four adults chaperones, who and were they safe just chaperones. Uh-huh. And we put them on a bus. Oh, my goodness. And they learned how to, it was my daughter's first trip. Oh, <laughs> I remember wow. that. Away, I remember it, too. It was her first trip away from, I only have one child. And so mm-hmm. it was it was she, almost traumatizing. So you were homesick. She probably had a ball. She had a ball. <laughs> she still talks about that trip you today. <laughs> it was, while it was scary for me as a Aww. parent, it was so nice. I talked about mm-hmm. being from Kaplan in a small town. If I wanted to sleep over at somebody's house, it was probably going to be my family. Mm-hmm. And for my daughter, what Girl Scouts was for us was, so we moved to Lafayette and like, there's a thousand kids in her schools. I don't know any of these parents, but she found a Girl Scout family and mm-hmm. I got to know that Girl Scout family. Mm-hmm. And so they became her sleepover buddies. I could send her to a sleepover for Girl Scouts and not have to worry. I could send her to Savannah. Yeah. 
on a trip that she paid for. And know that she was safe. And worked hard for yeah. and knew that they were safe. Is that how most of the troops are? Do they, the girls are from uh, different schools? Like they're not just based at one school, right? Correct. We do have some that are based at the individual schools, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are from um, just nearby area schools within mm-hmm. the area that are uh, the parish in which they're located. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I go so to that's As- good too. Asbury, and I know that they, I don't know with COVID what the current thing is, mm-hmm. but I know that they were coming to our church, you know, that was like their home base. And they came into the sanctuary one day to make an announcement about something they were doing. And it just, you know, you just want to, it just mm-hmm. pulls your heartstrings. Just so professional, and I don't remember what it was mm-hmm. they were doing, but I was like, "I'm all over this." Like, you know, what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I love just, it. That is yeah. great. Yeah, that is great. So I'm thinking for the girls with social pressures, like y'all were mm-hmm. alluding to, if somebody is experiencing a little problem at their school, they still have the safety net of their other friends who really know them. That's, you know, that's like, it's always been for me. I used to call gift. it, um, hadn't thought about this in a long time. I used to say, uh, earlier you asked me what was my favorite thing about Girl Scouts. Yeah. Uh, and what I should have said probably is I love the expansion of the circle for the girl, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially when she's young. We also talked about young girls. Like when you're young, it's like, it's just your family and your, your close friends and everything else is like, whoa, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm scared of but with Girl Scouts, there's this opportunity for a young girl to expand that circle because now she's a part of the bigger network of Girl Scouts. So, yes, there's the troop. Mm-hmm. The troop could be five to, you know, in some cases, 40 girls. Um, but then there's this other network of all of the Girl Scouts in Lafayette Parish mm-hmm. or all of the Girl Scouts in Vermilion Parish. Mm-hmm. They come together as well. And it just expands that network. It's like uh, we used to say it takes a village to raise a girl or, or a young boy. Well, that village now almost doesn't exist. And so Girl Scouts, for me, that's one of my favorite things, is it gives that girl that village mm-hmm. that we all had as kids that sometimes our kids don't have anymore. Right. And what I like about it, too, is so many of today's activities for kids, it's centered around, you know, like, achievement and mm-hmm. trophies and mm-hmm. and this I know that they earn their badges and all but it's really about that individual excellence instead yes. of just doing something mm-hmm. you know there's just so much pressure on young people today so I don't really know if, is yeah I don't know if the girls talk about all that though are they even talking about that Keisha when they're 11 or are they just enjoying themselves they're talking about it but I think in maybe in their terms and in their way. They may not say, I feel a lot of pressure from society or I feel this, but uh, one of, an interesting one that came up was when I was at my school last year, I didn't feel like I could be myself mm-hmm. because you know it comes out in terms like that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel comfortable to let them know that I still like this cartoon because yeah. I shouldn't mm-hmm. like this cartoon anymore. And so you hear it in just a different way, but us as adults and us obviously aware of the program, we know mm-hmm. that that is what they're meaning. They feel that that pressures of yeah. um, believing you have to be aged at a certain time or that you're you have to like or your dislikes have to change by a certain time period mm-hmm. and and so they I think I think they certainly feel it but they just process yeah. it and communicate about it differently I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm remembering the author Mary Pfeiffer is that her name um it's mm-hmm. there's a book about young girls and really around the age of nine mm-hmm. is when that shift in awareness starts happening mm-hmm. where it's that outer mm-hmm pressure and it's like what you say though they probably don't articulate it like that Mm -hmm. but that's when they start feeling things are changing Mm -hmm. expectations are different you know yeah Uh, like you make me think about uh another component of girl scouts when you talk about you said the age nine Mm -hmm. and i thought wow that's about so young second grade maybe Mm -hmm. well yeah third or fourth third or fourth getting into third or fourth and one of the other Things about Girl Scouts that a lot of people are probably very unfamiliar with is that we have our badges. And mm-hmm. I think people just think, oh, they have these badges and they're about achievement, like you said. But really and truly, as we've advanced with our girls to meet their needs, we have set our program upon these pillars. There are four pillars okay. that hold up the program. They're the foundation. And one of them is STEM, right? Science, technology, engineering, mm-hmm. and math. And when you just said that age, you know, nine and 10, what we see in girls is at that age, that's a real, you know, funky time form is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. 
uh, even in, in STEM, so we talk about the pressures, yeah. but even in STEM, they are in second grade, they've already decided that the that little Alan is better in math. Is better in is better in math than her or STEM than her. And by the time she gets to third grade, yeah. which is probably the nine, ten year old, she's decided her STEM identity is basically I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm in eleventh grade or high school, only eleven percent of girls of high school girls today are giving an indication that they would want to be a part of a STEM opportunity or career. And that's such a shame. It's one of the things as Girl Scouts, it's one of the places we see that is an opportunity for us to help girls have more opportunities because we know STEM, I mean, it's a great career path. And what a shame Mm -hmm. that you have girls like my daughter, she was one of those girls who was, she's blessed and gifted in math in particular. She got it not from me, but she got it from her dad. And she was that kid in junior high who was like, you know, not raising her hand. That mm-hmm. traditional thing you see, because she's afraid to make a mistake because little Alan here is looking at me. Right. You know, now she's growing into it as we watched her. You know, she went to Acadiana High. She joined the, uh, oh God, it was the Business Academy. Oh, and yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm good at math. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. But my God, when I think about the fact that she could have not owned that, because now today as a student in UL, she is in finance and business. And it's because of that gift of math Mm -hmm. that she was denying in middle school. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's like, hey, we need you to discover that talent. And if it's there, we're going to nurture it. Right. And own it, yeah. And, uh, and have own you own it. And it's okay That's to make right. mistakes. That just, you That's know, right. It's okay to, to be this. a math nerd. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with being a math right. or science nerd. Because right. one day, that's going to help you feed your family. What other kind of, um, like, what kind of badges do the girls get? If y'all can just kind of throw out some. What, what do they like to do? God. There's a lot of badges. That's why we're both taking a deep, yeah. <laughs> deep breath. Um, but as Rachel mentioned, they're all around those pillars. So our badges focus on STEM. So if you are interested in learning about robotics or you want to do safe internet use or um, how to build uh, how to build your own website, there's badges that all surround that. Mm. We have outdoor badges. So teaching the girls how to safely operate in the outdoors and um, do specific outdoor activities and, and really become proficient and comfortable in that space. Um, we focus on life skills. Mm-hmm. So there's badges um, that our, our girls are being encouraged to build those basic life skills. And I know we talk about in a lot of different uh, platforms and avenues of just public speaking mm-hmm. or um, how to navigate a networking situation. Or if you're at a luncheon, how should you introduce yourself and spark mm-hmm. up conversations? You know, just those basic everyday things. Mm-hmm. And um of course, all of them work at different levels. Of course, the program is written for each one of their grade levels. And they really get a chance to, throughout the entire process, as Rachel mentioned, is to discover who they are in that badge earning process, connect with the girls in their troop, so figure out you know, um, if there is an issue or if, if the badge presents a particular issue to solve, they figure out how to do that and then go out and take action, in either in their communities or on the playground, mm-hmm. as she mentioned. So everything is set up that way. And everything that we do is with intentionality. Um, to really grow the girl and develop that girl so she can be more confident in who she right. is. That's, that's the mission. Build girls of courage, confidence, and character. Mm-hmm. And we hope that our work and what we put in um, helps yeah. to make the world a better place. So for people that want to volunteer, do they need to be proficient in these types of things? Or how do you place <laughs> volunteers? <laughs> that's great. You know? They do not. They do not have to be proficient. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, what they need to have is just a want and a desire to work with girls, a want and a desire to be a role model, to uh, make a difference in a local girl's life. And so um, we start, we work with volunteers, we train them, we give them the tools and the resources that they need. And then for those more specialty badges where mm-hmm. we talk about STEM, uh, I certainly would not be comfortable. Yeah, that was not my track in yeah. life, right? <laughs> we try to find and identify those community partners or um, volunteers that have that expertise because they'll come in and be able to mm-hmm. present that program to them. And we know that representation matters. They need to see um, someone in that career path presenting something so mm-hmm. they can see themselves in that and so those that are a little bit more detailed and require like extra expertise we bring other people in but mm-hmm. certainly if you just have a heart for girls you want to work with girls we would love to talk to them and um, help them to get involved yeah. in the community yeah. yeah well with covid lifting i say this you know optimistically 
I'm sure that this affected affected the Girl Scouts like it probably affected a lot of other social organizations. It really did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to forget about it, but Um, I can't because I will tell you, we learned some valuable lessons in it, just like all of us, mm -hmm. you know, all our families, everybody. Uh, For us, though, I will say, uh, I'll, I'll start with the good. The good is it really showed our ability as an organization to truly mobilize um, I had a new appreciation for our technology as a nonprofit, I will tell you that. Uh, and we were able to quickly adjust. Like we, we worked from home. We were able to create virtual programming because we had the technology. Okay. We brought in community partners to help us with that as well. Uh, so for us, we kept Girl Scouts moving. We even did Girl Scout camp uh, virtually. The I think it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. And girls got... Uh, program packages, summer day camp program packages delivered to their homes and were able to do hands-on experiential things at home and also attend Mm -hmm. the camp virtually. So we we made some good lemonade out of those lemons is what I'll tell you. On the other hand, when it comes to challenges, uh, you know, we are Girl Scouts and we love them and I know everybody loves us. But we are certainly not immune to the impacts of COVID, not at all. As a matter of fact, we are getting ready to do a business meeting next week, and we're going to be trying to rally our volunteers and our community. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a rebuilding process, just like every other business. Uh, We are still having trouble accessing our membership, which are girls. I mean, we want to keep our kids safe. And so we understand that schools are locked down. That is our biggest membership base is the schools. I see. And right now it's it's really difficult to do that. So we're relying on social media mm-hmm. um, and just basic grassroots marketing. Uh, but it definitely has been a challenge. Even our community partners, they are, they, we have to have these regulations. We have to keep everybody safe. And so they're limited in what they can provide. Yeah. Well, here we are nearing the end of October. 2021. So I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the governor's going to do, but I'm hoping that I mask feel like mandate. It's getting better. I keep looking is. at those numbers. And it is. I know I'm that we know. To be hopeful. We know it's getting better, but who mm-hmm. knows what is going on in those decision making? Exactly. But yeah, but it seems you know. I was thinking a lot of people had given up golf, and then with COVID, people picked up the game of golf again. Mm-hmm. You know, tennis has been a great sport. Mm-hmm. So. Being outdoors, being in the Girl Scouts, to me, seems like another great thing to pick up and kind of go back yep. to basics. It really the outdoorsy, is. Mm-hmm. wholesome activities yes. where and the kids yeah. can have fun. You hear a lot of people talking about, you know, the difficulties and the stress and the anxieties and things mm-hmm. that have come for COVID, from COVID. And um, we talk about the kids, too. we got to include mm-hmm. them in that conversation. Yeah. And I witnessed it. You know, I saw it. My daughter was involved in other activities outside of Girl Scouts. And when all those things closed, Mm -hmm. what she had was Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. And so they met virtually. They had their Zoom calls. And let me tell you, be completely honest, (laughs) it was uh, some some work to get those Mm -hmm. to be a little structured. But just the fact that she could see her friends through the screen and not mm-hmm. be alone. You know, mm-hmm. I, I tried to do everything I can to keep her uh, active, but I'm not 11. And so uh, I get tired. <laughs> and um, But that was a moment for her. And so... Did they I, get into that? Did the girls kind of enjoy the Zoom They um, did. Meetings? They did. Now, at, toward the end and as things were, you know, getting to a place where it's like, that's all fun, but I just want to go back to school. I just want to go and see my friends in mm-hmm. person. So you had digital fatigue happening because not only was that virtual, but almost everything. Everything else that they did yeah, was your virtual. Eyes just get tired. Right, right. But yeah. it was that place where she could really connect with. And then now that we are opening back up and we can meet safely in our troop setting, it's like still that core little group that went with her through mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they have same similar memories and they were there for each other. And right. I think that that helps for the mental space too, for right. them to know that, you know, someone's there with you along mm-hmm. and that we can safely talk about what's happening, you right. know. It's just her and her little brother, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so to be able to have a group of girls, uh, I know she enjoyed. Yeah, it's an outlet. Well, as we wind down, I want to know about what cookies are going to be for sale and when can people start buying them. Did I hear wind of a new cookie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let the cookie lady tell you. Okay. 
So yes, we do have a new cookie. It's super exciting. Anytime a new cookie hits the market, everyone is mm-hmm. interested. And that's just because of the tradition and the history behind the Girl Scout program. Uh, but we do have a new one. It's called the Adventureful. It is a brownie cookie Yummy. with brownie inspired with caramel and sea salt on that cookie. Oh uh, yes. Ooh. So people are really excited about it because if you love brownies and you love Girl Scout cookies, and I mean, caramel yeah. and sea caramel, salt, you know, yeah. right, what's right. not to like? <laughs> what more do you want? So that cookie is hitting the market, but all of our other cookies, the traditional thin ones mints. that are, yes, yeah. thin mints and mm-hmm. Samoas, tags, all those, they're going to be available for us in the market. As Rachel mentioned, the sale actually gets started in November where they start goal setting uh-huh. and really working through where they're going to be. They actually start their sale with the order card first. And so mm-hmm. some people may not, if you don't know of a Girl Scout, but they actually start with an order card and that kicks off in January where they'll go and ask their family and friends and maybe next door neighbors. They'll fill in a little sheet and they order the card. But you will begin to see them in the market uh-huh. uh, in February where they're going to mm-hmm. actually start selling so those cookies. when we can get our hands on yes. That's where you can get your direct hands. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Get your hands Especially in the adventure I do want to say as well, uh, as far as the sales, because um, those people that love Girl Scout cookies, mm-hmm. I've had pregnant women say they need to get them before it hits the market in February. We do have our digital site where the girls are able to sell. So they have digital cookie and they can send out their link. Uh, you can look for cookie finders on our council website and that'll come a little bit later in the spring. But that information or early January, that information will be up and available. And if you order online, those cookies get shipped. And so they'll hit your house before they might hit the actual mm-hmm. market. Oh, I like so that. Uh, that is some that people have figured out yeah. and they love that and they um you know they'll get their cookies they'll post and share and everybody's like mm-hmm. where did you get those cookies i know so that is where it is from well while that's they a wonderful it's a wonderful option but after hearing this interview i think that it might be best to buy them in person i, I from think so. I your do favorite girl scouts i agree <laughs> you know because I, th- I think the digital ordering is great and really yes. it's wonderful yes but after hearing this i think we need to be grooming yes. young ceos Let's right all work for Cookie their ceos that's Absolutely. right yeah <laughs> that is right did we get everything in that y'all hope we would did i forget to ask something I no think i think we're good good you did I just wonderful. love I think well we did good i love the way cookie just kind of got yes. there yeah yes. most yes. times yes. people are like tell me about cookies tell me about cookies and we just kind of got well there, this is, is a great picture this is a bigger story than great. cookies yes yes yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> i want to thank you both uh, we've been talking with rachel broussard and keisha buteau of girl scouts of louisiana pines to the gulf and thank you for your service to our young girls and young women it, it makes I mean, this is what makes mm-hmm. life worth living, right? To, yes. to give back. And you both mm-hmm. make a difference. So thank you for your service and being a part of Discover Lafayette. And I want to thank our listeners uh, for listening to this. Please share it with your friends. And if you think about it, subscribe to Discover Lafayette. Mm-hmm. You can get this anywhere you get your podcast. And in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors who make this show possible. First of all, Iberia Bank, now a part of the First Horizon family. Oxner Lafayette General. Raider, and in particular, Jason Sikora, thank you for mixing our tape. And Kurgan Brothers Sonic, we're grateful for your ongoing support. On behalf of Discover Lafayette, I'm Jan Swift.